day four, part two of the Josh Duggar trial. Disclaimer that this is not going to be a 100% word-for-word accurate representation of every single thing said and done in the courtroom, but rather me reading to you guys directly from my notes that I took while attending the trial to the best of my ability. At 1.45, we are back from lunch and we get the all rise for the judge and jury to enter the courtroom. We are going to be picking up exactly where we left off with Gal Fan questioning Michelle Bush on the witness stand. You were saying there are three ways these could have been installed. Yes. You ruled out the use of an installer. Yes. For context, how? because there would have been forensic remnants of internet files in the download folder. Remind us of the remaining two options, App Store and Command Lines. Prior to trial, which did you believe? Command Lines? What, if anything, did you do, just to be clear, to determine that it wasn't the App Store? I searched what was in App Store available for uTorrent, and it wasn't available. The file also didn't show. I went to archive.org, which allows you to go back in time and see advertisements, and June 2019 was as far back as I could go. Defense Exhibit 82. It's a screenshot from Forensic Toolkit. Michelle Bush says that she uses Access Data and Forensic Toolkit because those tools are what's available. Is Forensic Toolkit something that you are certified in? Yes. Looking at documents, tell us what specifically you are looking at. The Dell underscore one user. Let me stop you with the left column. You're going to the Dell folder? Correct. Then GNOME shell folder? Yes, a GUI, which makes it prettier for a user and makes it easier. The GNOME houses applications that show applications on devices. Form Forensics. Two applications, not App Store. Likely not used to download with an installer. In your opinion, if app was used, would it show here? Yes, and I tested to confirm. Exhibit 85. It's a screenshot of the Ubuntu operating system. Does this screenshot relate to GNOME history? Yes. Asking for clarification. This is unutilized. You have no access to the HP. Correct. Exhibit 85 is then admitted into evidence. Exhibit 85 is the application state. And it's opened to see the application. It lists all of the applications. GNOME software, so that showed the pop store. Meaning, if he did that, an archive would be made. Internet searches, is that reliable in your field? Yes, this website lets you see websites frozen in time. So I was seeing if that torrent was available, seeing if it was available in May 2019. Exhibit 87, and it's a picture of the archive.org screenshot that she took. This exhibit shows the date range that this website has been active. November 12, 2020 was the first time they identified it as an active website. 
First time shows it was used June 6, 2019. So the first time it shows someone could use to download, given the totality of the circumstances, how do you think it was installed? Command lines. Let's back up for a second. What's command lines? Command line is manually directing the operating system to do a task. When you arrived at your conclusion, did you recreate that through command lines? I have a general idea, but I still had to look it up. How? I used Google. Then I made a note to myself that says, I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. Call the application developer and ask them if it was available to download on the date. This is a federal trial. Is she serious? Did you find that any of these devices did that? No. Used command lines. Is command lines, can you explain why that you needed to look it up? Some are intuitive, exact term, exact order, directing it to do stuff, and research to remember how to reference, so unless you speak it every day. Based on your review, did the Linux partition have Torrent Browser? Yes. Are you familiar with Torrent Browser? Yes. What is it? It's a route through proxy for anonymity, so their info is not sold online. Can you use it to buy shoes? Yes. Can you use it for things not related to crime? Yes, I use it. Wait, why do you use it? Working in this field, I know how information is sold online, so I do it to protect my information. The download was at 2.03 p.m. on May 15, 2019. What is terminal command history? It's a key logger of everything typed as a command line. Do you look for this? And he points out the dot bash underscore history on the screen and says, which records command lines input? Linux is very gooey. Based on lots of trial and error, if they don't have a try and fail, it tells me their ability. For the record, because this is very technical, on the screen there's basically a list of these command lines. And if you had put the command line in and got it wrong, it would show that someone put it in and got it wrong and had to redo it. And she is saying that she can base the user's ability on whether or not there are multiple errors that had to be redone or if they got it right on the first try. What's auto-generated? Created automatically? Did you view bash history here too? No. Tell the jury what you did to try to recover it. Looking in allocated and unallocated space. Did that jump out to get your attention that you couldn't recover it? The lack of the file did. In every case I've ever worked, it's been on there. Is it possible it was manually deleted? Yes. Unlikely to see it not be created? Yes. They then show another exhibit. This shows bash history? Correct. Was the bash history, forensic image, on the actual HP computer? No. Does even boosting this virtually create a bash history? Yes. Let me back up for a second. Bash history equals command lines you testified about your efforts to download a movie? Yes. Did you do that? BitTorrent is different from, like, Napster. 
Tor changed that, and now you can get bits and pieces. So if you have one page of a 10-page book, y'all can give me one page each so it's more efficient and doesn't bog it down. Is application to get to BitTorrent? Yes, it's the same network. If a user uses uTorrent or Transmission, they're still getting to the same files. Yes. What was used on the Linux partition? uTorrent. Is that the only torrent? Yes. Does uTorrent have different versions? Yes. Different build numbers? Yes. Explain this. Yes, it means a modification was made, so an update to the build number of that particular software. In computer forensics, does it matter ever what version and build number are? Yes, of course, especially in child pornography cases. Government's Exhibit 30, page 9. Build number is 45828. Was this the build number for the Linux partition in May 2019? No, it's not. Was uTorrent on any of Josh's personal devices? No. Did you look? Yes, because even if it was downloaded, there would be a remnant to suggest. Given your conclusions that command lines were used on the Linux partition, what, if anything, did you do to actually install? Well, I wanted to do it myself, and she goes over the process of that. Did you mimic what you thought was needed for someone to do this? Yes. Exhibit for demonstrative aid, and Judge Brooks instructs the jury about this again, same as last time, and just so you guys know, it's a visual video thing of what she's doing on the computer. This is my login screen for virtual. Even though you couldn't use the username Dell1 with the underscore, you used the username Dell1. Yes. And then she says this is her browsing to look at applications. We see the transmission, but not the application, correct? On the screen, she is opening default photo application for Linux, Ubuntu. She shows it's pre-installed. She does the default video application again, pre-installed, creating an audit of commands, pasting in, nothing is installed. Then she goes to browsers. She shows where the uTorrent browser is. And then it says, showing nothing installed, still going through the process of downloading. And she says what things worried her in this process. Pause. You're pasting command lines? Yes, so you're not watching me type them in in court. I made a list to copy and paste them from. Still watching her go through the computer. Did you ever have to look up command lines? Yes, I did. How did you know that you needed to uninstall application? It was recommended to make sure ready to install. What are you doing now? Run a command to install Wine. Wine in compatibility. Wine is not an emulator. Darling does the same function for Mac. Can you install Torrent without Wine? No, you need Wine. Why? You need a version, and this requires Wine to read the Windows version. Can Wine be put on a Mac? Yes, the Darling version. Then I made a note to myself that says the answer is no, then. You can't use Wine. You have to use Darling. What are we looking at on the screen? There's a bunch of stuff downloading. Compatibility layer. 
which lets you use different application wine doesn't create icon because it's behind the scene? Yes. Note that basically she is showing the hardest, most complex way to possibly download this shit while also copying and pasting command lines off of a sheet so that it doesn't look hard. I'm confused. Pseudosnap installed uTorrent? Pseudosnap install for VLC using command lines. What are we looking at now? Bash files. Bash files show you what did and didn't install, which shows a user's level if you see command line errors or not. Her demonstrative visual is now over. Were you able to determine how alleged child pornography files were downloaded? They were streamed on a URL. What does streaming mean? Viewing content on the fly. You stream because you don't have all you want. It compares to Netflix and that's why it buffers. Note that this is the exact opposite of what she said earlier about how this system doesn't bog down. Were all video files actually played? Not all torrent, but all files with evidence. Let me back up. What's a torrent file? Well, a media file, and like Agent Fatrell used the cake analogy, Some people use different analogies. I compare it to the library index, and she goes on with her analogy. Using BitTorrent Network, can this ultimately attempt to get you that file? Yes. Does having the recipe mean that you have the cake? No. Off the torrents played on the HP Linux partition, were you able to determine how they were played? They were all streamed with a network URL. Government's Exhibit 43, and it's the VLC system file that was on the Linux partition. In common English, what are we looking at? Source pulling information to run properly. URL for content that exists. Do each of these entries reference a video file? Yes. Can you walk us through what this means? www. That is a URL and access their content pairing with hash values that paired here. And on the screen, you can see 127.0.1, 63835 port, file 4. And Gelfan says, cut to the chase. When the file opened with VLC, someone had to enter this VLC to view. Does this mean the file had to leave the device? Yes, saying using the network protocol to go in the circle based on local IP. So each file had to travel from the HP computer to the router. Yes. Once at the router, what is that file available to? Anyone on the server. The 127.0.1 IP is internal IP. It doesn't identify the device. Correct. Does this tell you what device or what would be for this info? The best source of evidence would be the router. And you have no access since the router wasn't seized. Correct. What were options that the video could be played on this VLC? 
oh, several options. And then she gets computer techie and starts listing things like file and deck and download. Would give this if streaming, but to get this, you would have to go in. Actual computer forensics, this wasn't double-clicked. No, there would be a path. Do each of these reflect streaming of a different file? A torrent file, yes. Every single torrent was streamed instead of double-clicked? No. Have you ever seen where someone entered URL? Never seen it shows a level of complexity so many extra steps, which shows an advanced level. What significance is plug-and-play and streaming? Part of vulnerability is ports are open to anyone on the network and should be looked into further. Let's back up for a second. Let's talk dates. Based on your forensic evaluation of May 13th, they were installed? Yes. What happened that made you think they were physically there? They opened the USB. Then she says, I'm trying to rule out remote access, and with Linux, it stores very detailed logs. You can determine if accessed or not, but due to time between the downloads and when law enforcement seized the items, I couldn't determine if others had access, and since I can't rule it out, it's just as likely. Then you see a juror clearly trying to get someone's attention and That juror asked if we could please take a break, and of course, we took a break to accommodate that juror's request. During this break, I was sitting there thinking about some of the testimony that she was giving that I was unclear or confused about, and I was luckily sitting by one of the computer brilliant genius experts, and I leaned back and was like, can I ask you a question? Um, You don't have to answer this, but is this, is this what I think she's saying? Is Like, is this as much smoke and mirrors as I think it is? And he was so nice and explained to me some of the questions that I had, but we'll come back to that. At 3.15, the break for the juror is over and we are back in session. So this will be Gelfan questioning Michelle Bush. May 13th, 2019. Correct. Based on your forensic evaluation, did the Linux partition have anything that enabled remote access? Yes. What's Remina? Remote access software? Is that the only way someone could remote access? No, they could use command lines. There are several ways. May 14th, were you able to determine alleged child pornography for the first time? Yes. Government's Exhibit 38. It's the recently used history on the computer. This file references website cam collections. Yes. What is Exhibit 72? It's an archive program that lets one file have several. You can get one file and then extract it later. What does 72 do? It will open to folder and then have software. May 14th, per the government's Exhibit 38, There is torrent activity at 5.05 p.m. Correct. Exhibit 39. There is uTorrent activity at 5.28 and 5.38. Correct. Were both of the videos referenced on May 14th streamed? Yes. Were you able to determine it? Yes, through configuration file and hash values. 
Government's Exhibit 43 is an HTTP doc. Does this reference port number 5? Yes. What's the significance? How ports connect and changing ports is how you mask identity, which is part of the UPnP. Can you explain the difference? You route traffic through ports. Ports are ways to change. Very sophisticated thing to do to mask a place. Torrent users stay anonymous by doing that. What's connected with ports and universal plug-and-play? With universal plug-and-play, these ports become important. Government's Exhibit 43. Were multiple different ports on this router opened? Yes, at least three. Does that continue for multiple days? Yes, several or more. Was UPnP enabled during the entire time period of these downloads? Yes. We know that from forensics. Yes. The material alleged to be child pornography happened at 5.05 to 5.40 p.m. Did any of that have to have someone at the computer? No. I can't prove one way or another because we're missing the log files. I can't exclude it as a possibility. May 15th, Government's Exhibit 39. There's some activity for Torrent 10 to 15 minutes in the morning? Yes. To be clear, were each of these torrents streamed? I believe so. I can't remember off the top of my head. Was every video file streamed? Yes. But not all torrents were viewed. Correct. And then they display the downloads on the screen. Is it fair to say on the 15th, 40 or 50 minutes, that was the time period? I think less than 40, but yes. Did you hear about Daisy Destruction Files? Yes. Were these not played? Not only were they not played, but they were not downloaded. So the torrent was sitting there, but no proof? No evidence opened since there was no thumbnails. So you're saying there's no proof of these contents. Besides torrent, I couldn't prove that the contents were downloaded. So we can say things happened in 10 to 15 minutes in the morning and 40 minutes at night? Correct. Did someone physically have to be there to do that? No. And then she says that there is evidence to suggest that it was remotely accessed. What's a thumbnail? You don't have to physically open the file. Think of it like iPhone images, so they are auto-created in there directly. Did you find evidence of torrent? Yes. Are torrents visible? Not unless you have a sophisticated knowledge. What is a cache? The creation of data system case data. Does a user know if cache data? Usually they don't. What does cache data indicate? That something was there, but lack of corresponding shows no longer existed. May 15th, we talked about videos streamed. Yes. There was the Marissa zip. Correct. What did you do to get the date and time? Showed it had been extracted? Were you in the courtroom when he told you how he extracted that information? Yes. Exhibit 32, and it's embedded data in the torrent. Is it your testimony there would be a separate forensic artifact if this was opened? Yes. All right.
Your testimony, do you have an opinion if files were extracted or opened? Not opened, there is no artifact, so no suggestion that it was opened. May 16, 1121 AM. Was there a file? Yes. Were you able to determine when it was streamed? Yes. 516 at 11.33 was the last time the VLC file had been written, so that was the last time it was streamed. Were you here when he said the movie was 30 minutes long? Yes. Do you agree that it was 30 minutes long? I have no reason to doubt it. Trash folder. The trash folder creates a file for itself in there and Pedomom was deleted 29 seconds after it was streamed? They didn't actually view the file, they only saw a few seconds. How does deletion of a file hurt your analysis? It tells me that someone pulled a hit and run. When someone can use a computer, they get in and get the material they want and get out. If someone is remotely accessing this device, can a person at the computer see it? Not necessarily. There is a GUI, but also the possibility of command lines. And if done, then you wouldn't see the contents like you would on a graphic interface. Your opinion is that no child pornography was on this computer after May 17th. None streamed or downloaded. So, essentially, a three-day time period and the last day was only 12 minutes? Yes. Have you ruled out remote access? I can't. Is remote access likely? Yes, it seems to be the patterns and characteristics of remote access. Say we are looking at it as a whole, the short memory, the streaming, the quick deletion, the user file that wasn't fully viewed. If you had the router, would it help you? It would give me more clarity. Windows Registry has a key for wireless network with this computer. It did the same thing, which suggests it had multiple internet access points during this time. Let's switch to the laptop. Was there any data to prove Mac activity? I put it in Axiom to get a synopsis of it. What did you determine? It had a lot of activity. Homeland Security sent you forensic images of the Mac? Yes. Then she says that she can tell whomever collected the evidence didn't properly store it because it had been on the internet, which can damage hundreds of files. Were you able to identify the person and business activity on this laptop? Yes. Did the laptop have boot? Native was pre-installed to create a dual system. Matt created it, in my opinion, to get Windows users. She says she uses it on her computer. Do you need command lines to install this? No. Was boot used to the Mac? No. Defense Exhibit 61. It's screenshots of access software on the computer. What tool did you use to get this information? Access. Did you apply the forensic toolkit to the images from the government? Yes. Were you able to do more in your lab than the government facility? Yes, absolutely. Did you determine the total number of images on the Mac? 523,771 pictures, 6,767 videos. But no child pornography. Correct. Over five years. Correct. 
Were you able to go over browser history? Yes. Explain to the jury. URL looking for URL searches and users' internet search history. Was there search history of command lines? No. Search history of Greenlight on the Mac? Yes. In 2019? Yes. Installed in 2017? Yes. What was it used for? To download kid movies. Were you able to see Torrent was installed? Yes. Torrent on Mac was not used for child pornography. Correct. Totality of all the Mac computer, but specifically I didn't find anything to suggest it was there. Did you get the iPhone? Yes. Whose iPhone? Mr. Duggar's. How did you know? The user ID, the email account, text messages. Were you able to look at photos and videos off of the phone? Yes. Exhibit 62. Was this the phone sent to you? Yes. What did you use to extract? I used Cellbrite. In English, the industry's leading tool for evaluating phones and tablets. Can you see how many images? 290,663. Over a million videos and images in five years without child pornography. Yes. If someone texts me a picture, does that image appear on this tool? Yes. SMS attachments you could certainly save. What about downloads? Yes. Did it have torrent section? Yes. The torrent version for iPhone. Was it used? Yes. For adult pornography? Yes. Are you familiar with torrential downpour? Yes, they did a publicly available torrent, and she then says there's a tool law enforcement uses, but she does limited testing. Did you make logs? Yes. Can you read logs? Yes. Defense exhibit with stipulations. Judge Brooks talks about the pages that he will admit. Torrential downpour for law enforcement auto-creates logs documenting activity. Defense Exhibit 89. These were provided by the government to the defense consisting of torrential downpour data. Defense Exhibit 89. Are these May 14th activity? Yes. And on the screen, you can see torrential downpour 1.44 and then documents with the communication between the law enforcement software and Josh Duggar's computer. Do torrential downpour logs document? Port does. That means the router. Yes. Exhibit 9, May 15th. What's the difference between 9 and 9A? 9A is a file download and the other is a file we found or that you showed me. What's happening here? May 15th at 6 p.m. someone tries to download. They continue trying to download every seven minutes. Does it continue to fail to connect? Yes, at 6.45 p.m. it completes a handshake. Then what? They communicate. They have to kind of say who they are, so that's what that is. Then she explains how things are shared and downloaded in pieces. Then she says, so here it says 11 out of 66, but it will continue trying to download. It will make a file to write info to. Do we start to see failed attempts? Yes. What date and time are we on? 7.21 p.m. 
and it continues to fail to connect throughout the night? Yes. Does this continue throughout the night? Yes. Over and over? Yes. Into the next day? Yes. Does it continue throughout the morning? Yes. Does it continue all throughout the night? Yes. Does it continue to do it the next day? Yes. What time does it give up or succeed? It gives up the next day at 4.35 a.m. These are auto-generated logs, correct? Yes. Then she says she has a limited understanding of logs, but what her understanding is. Can these torrential downpour logs tell us if anyone was behind the computer? No, but it's software to software. The second log attempted connection, but yes. You testified about remote access. Can someone boot from one side of the partition to the next? Yes, setting on physically. You can wake on land. This lets magic packages come in and wake the computer. Government's Exhibit 26, and it's the actual real HP computer in the courtroom. Have you ever seen the physical original evidence? No, I was never given the physical device. And then she says that she can do more with a real computer hardware and hard drive than a forensic image. Do you agree or disagree with Kennedy that you have to be there to turn it on? No. Galfan then repeats the question again. Do you agree with Kennedy that someone has to physically be there to turn it on? No. Have you remotely? Yes. You can do the same thing remotely that you can do at the computer. Yes. How? Pushing a button is one way, but there are other ways. Are you familiar with EXIF data? Yes. What is EXIF data? Information that documents how the media was captured. Lots of information is embedded. Is EXIF a form of media data? I think it can be. If I send you a picture, can you get the media data? No. Basically, what she's saying is like, if someone sends you a picture and you save it, you can't tell if the picture originated on your phone or their phone. That's how I took that and understood that. Government's Exhibit 76, and it's the picture of Josh in a fire truck taken May 15th at 3.20 p.m. Do you recognize the software here? Yes, it's defaults window. Is this a forensic software? No. What's the significance, if any, of that? Forensic actually looks for everything. This document reports it's taken May 15th, and it's mapped. Yes. Do you have an opinion on if Windows is unreliable? Objection. And counsel approaches the bench. Do you recall EXIF data? Yes. Defense Exhibit 51. And it's metadata extracted from the Mac computer with in-case software. Metadata as it first existed on the MacBook. Does metadata say iPhone 8? Yes. Can you tell the original date and time? Yes. 5-6-2019 at 7.03 p.m. All EXIF data in that image itself. Now, Miss Bush, you have testified that you have done a computer forensic review of the computer, and the phone, correct? To the best of your knowledge, is that the totality of the evidence seized in this case? Yes. 
May I have one moment, Your Honor? No further questions, Your Honor. Pass the witness. Then, Prosecutor Clayman gets up and Judge Brooks says, Mr. Clayman, will your questions be more than 12 minutes? Yes, sir. Well, then let's recess for the day. And day four comes to an end. Everyone, hang tight. The rest of the Josh Duggar trial coverage is on its way. <laughs>